0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 24 of 211's Baseball Talk. My name is Dylan Baker. I'm alongside my dad Chris today. And a special mention to my brother and your son, Aaron Baker. He turned seven today, so happy birthday to him. Here's what we have on the menu for you guys in today's episode We'll talk Blue Jays offensive struggles. Yes, they were better on Tuesday in Boston, but they still have not been good over the past week. Do wraparound streaks have any real validity? in the league today charlie montoya is making all the right moves in my mind at least trent thornton has been great in his young big league career we'll talk about trent near the end of the podcast and as usual we'll wrap things up with the last week in blue jays baseball chris how are you today
1: I'm good, and happy birthday to Aaron as well, the third of the 3-11s. Uh, if anybody doesn't know that story, all three of us were born on the 11th, hence two elevens baseball talk. Uh, not in the same month, obviously, but the 11th in multiple months, and that's uh, a fun story, background to us, and happy birthday to him, April 11th. Awesome stuff, and this weekend, is. interesting in baseball, hasn't it?
0: Mm-hmm. There has been a lot of baseball, and it's been pretty cool. Well, it's been pretty good so far, I should say. And you guys got the backstory to the naming of 2 Baseball Talk in that little intro. So let's get right into things. We'll talk Blue Jays' offensive struggles. It's an obvious topic, but it's worth discussing. The Blue Jays' offensive has been awful besides Tuesday in Boston. There is no denying it, but here's why it shouldn't concern you. First off, Charlie Montoya was determined to change it, and Tuesday at least, it worked. Tuesday being April 9th. Second, the guys on this team right now, are placeholders. These are cheap guys who will hold down the fort while the next wave, if you will, develops. Look at the lineup. I cannot imagine a a lineup for a competitive team that has Socrates, Brito, and Alan Hansen. (laughs) These guys have not necessarily proven themselves in the big leagues. Brito is fast, but that's all he's shown. Hansen is Hansen, who has in the past hit terribly right-handed. These guys are not going to be here when the team is competitive. The only person I see on a competitive Blue Jays team right now is Randall Grichuk and maybe Rowdy Tellez. Besides, for all you Gritchick haters out there, Scott MacArthur mentioned on Blue Jays Talk Sunday, Gritchick has a tradable contract. He's making 24 out of the 52 million this year and next, with 9.33 million every year after that. For a proven 25 home run guy, that's not bad. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but there is no major reason to panic about the offense right now.
1: I agree I agree for a couple of reasons. one, uh, the Blue Jays went and started off the season with eleven straight games, which is extremely rare for a baseball team to start off without an off day that way um, and for it to be such a young inexperienced team to have to do that it's uh, it's it's tough for them and and, and I think uh, it speaks to one of the things that happened after this 11 games, which was not obviously an ideal 11 games, especially Mm -hmm. offensively, although kudos to the pitching staff. I will say that. But, um, but, uh, but again, they weren't backed by any offense. And, and what was really cool, I I was listening to the Blue Jays broadcast on, on the, the ninth, as you just mentioned, the, the game against Boston. And, and I was listening to the radio and Ben Wagner brought up a great um, uh, story about, Marcus Stroman and, and Marcus Stroman, what he did on the plane on the route to Boston after um, after their loss on and their sweep from, from Cleveland. and And what was kind of interesting about that story is I guess he went up seat by seat. Uh, to every seat in the plane and just kind of said to the guys, I got you, don't worry, let's all just go have a nice dinner and took the entire team out for, for seafood and dinner and uh, everything as soon as they landed in Boston or I think on the off mm-hmm, day. I did see that. And I think that. Yeah, and I think that it speaks to the importance of an off day. First of all, great job, Marcus Stroman. I usually harp on him uh, in a negative way, but I thought that was a very classy leadership move, especially after they've been through a tough... Uh, 11 days and and coming off of a sweep so good to him good on him for that but I also think the off day was just so important for this team and and just to regroup and reset and and have that team meeting then the hitters had a meeting the next day um to just talk about approach and not blame anyone just talk about approach um and then as you said Charlie put some moves into action uh during the game against Boston uh that that sort of sparked the offense a little bit more so I I think it's it's not something Jays fans need to panic about. I know it was a long, it was a very long eleven days. I've even made jokes about getting that hit <laughs> uh, in games mm-hmm. in the future, and 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 I don't truly believe that. I just think it's just a funny trend that's going on. And it's it's I get it. It's not funny for the players. <laughs> it's not funny for fans. But uh, it's not reason to panic. It's too early to panic about that stuff. And uh, and the offense will come around. And to your point. You know, there's people on this offense that will not even be here halfway through the season. I can't see a Brito here halfway through the season. I can't see a Hansen halfway through the season, especially if a Bachette and a Guerrero start hitting down in Triple in A and end up well, coming. Guerrero's up. coming up. Um Guerrero for sure at some point this season is coming up I don't know when it's all going to depend on on his conditioning and his his offensive production but also his defense he's got to be ready he's got to be ready to play third base at the major league level and they won't bring him up until he is and, and he can be raking all he wants but if he's not making plays I don't think we'll see him so there's that chance too but we might see somebody else like Biggio look at his start in, in Buffalo you know, uh, there's going to be offense coming. It's going to be probably in the form of prospects rather than trades, but um, it, is, it is on its way, Jays fans, and just don't, don't freak yeah, out just yet.
0: Jays fans' favorite thing to do is freak out, but they do have a lot of patience, don't they? Ha, ha, ha. No, they don't. Uh, in case you're unaware, today being April 11th, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is heading up to Buffalo to continue his rehab assignment. He will get the start at DH tonight. He'll probably play a couple weeks in Buffalo. Uh, get some reps at third base, and the Blue Jays will evaluate him further and decide whether he is big league ready. Uh, Moving on, do wraparound streaks have any real validity? Yesterday, being April 10th, Whit Merrifield's hitting streak touched 31, setting a new Royals record. Congrats, Whit. Only problem, there haven't been 31 games played this year for one team, meaning the streak carries over from last year. This has become a big topic recently, obviously with the Witten Merrifield hitting streak, but also thanks to Chris Davis's 53 consecutive
1: <laughs> I feel hitless so
0: at bats, okay. which has also dragged on from the 2018 campaign. So before we judge Chris Davis, I ask you this, do these streaks really count?
1: Well, it's a good question. And, and, And a wraparound streak is an interesting animal because for those that are just getting into baseball, maybe haven't heard too much about what a wraparound streak is. Essentially, it is a streak that continues from the season prior, meaning that there's a whole winter in between the second half of that streak picking right back up where it left off. And and so, you know, you've got the time that the player is sitting at home. You've got the time that they're in spring training. You don't count the hits or the lack thereof in spring training. Chris Davis, a perfect example. He got hits in spring training. So, you know, the question becomes, well, those, those games don't count. So, you know, technically the streak continues. And as soon as the season starts, he's still hitless. So he's still on that streak but did get hits in spring training. It's very confusing Uh, and, and the wraparound streak if to me is on a negative side, not as valid as a positive wraparound streak. And the reason I say that is looking at the Whit Merrifield streak, uh, it's really hard to finish a season with whatever it was that he finished at probably a 15 game winning streak or hitting streak. Sorry. And, uh, and then start another season continuing that for another 18 games or so, or I guess it hasn't even been 18 games. So I've got my numbers mm-hmm. wrong here. But but the reality and the point is uh, it's really hard to do that. You're out of your hitting mode. So you finish the season <laughs> great. You finish with, you know, let's say an 18-game hitting streak. Then you sit on your butt for four months. You get back into spring training. You get conditioned. But you're not mentally this in the same space as you were at the end of your hitting streak at the end of last season. So to be able to come into the new season and keep going and bring that streak up to 31, I think that's harder than starting the season game one and going 31 games than it is to have it as a wraparound streak. On the Chris Davis side, I don't think it's as hard to do that, especially if you're a bad player, <laughs> which unfortunately I think he's started to be. Um, and so, you know, the one saving grace I would give him, I would think that you would hope to not put as much value into it is he did have hits in spring training. I mean, I get it, they don't yeah. count. Um but but and that's where it's tough for him. And 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 I don't put <sighs> it's hard because it, there is a lot of validity to both. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on this? Dylan? I mean, I, I think the Whit Merrifield one is really hard to achieve. So I think that's even harder. And so, mm-hmm. and Whit has said that he said that in interviews as well, saying, I think my streak is harder to get than somebody who goes through a regular 31 game hitting streak. I agree with him a hundred percent. But on the Chris Davis side, what do you think? That- I think
0: that it, it counts. And I'm not just saying it because I don't like Chris Davis. Not being able to hit in 32 <laughs> consecutive at bats start the year is not good. Either way, whatever the streak may be, it should count. If we're counting Whit Merrifield streak as a legitimate streak, which I do, and I ah props to Whit Merrifield, 31 consecutive games. By the way, I looked up the numbers. It was 19 at the end of last season and 12 so far this year, making 30 31. Um, if we're going to count with Merrifield's streak, you should count Chris Davis's streak, too. I don't care that he got hits in spring training. Those don't count as real games. A regular season game is a regular season game. doesn't matter if it carries over from last year into this year. doesn't matter if it carries over from this year into next year. A regular season game is a regular season game. It, it counts. Spring training games don't. Spring training games mean nothing. Regular season games do. I cannot stress that enough. A game is a game. doesn't matter what year it was played in. It is still a game and has the same value as a normal game would. It if, if it was all in the same season. So, Whit Merrifield, like you said, it might actually be tougher for him because he had to wait such a long time. And honestly, both streaks are valid to me. Both streaks should be looked at. And uh, Whit Merrifield with with, uh, with Whit Merrifield with good streak and Chris Davis with a not so good streak. But I mean, what are you going to do? A streak is a streak. And so you can't change that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. And 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 you know what? I mean, it, it brings up a good point because you're saying, you know, it, it's just as hard to do it the negative way, which it truly is. Because now that I you know I think this through with you, uh, at spring training, you know, he's had some reps. He's had you know however many at bats he got mm-hmm. in spring training, got some hits. He should be out of it. Yeah. Right, and so, therefore, it is actually really hard to beat this <laughs> bat and 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 so because he should technically be out of it he got he got hits in spring training and then can't carry that into the season. that's really hard. To imagine and and so you know I think I think you're right I think there's validity to both of them obviously in reality there's validity because baseball does recognize them as streaks um, but I just wanted to uh, I, I'm glad we had this topic because I I think it's just important for everybody to understand or to to think through whether they find it to be valid and I I do I do I think they're both very hard to yep. achieve
0: uh, <laughs> yeah 32 consecutive at bats to start a year and 53 total is Incredibly hard to achieve. Uh, just to elaborate, Chris Davis had, let's see here, 37 at-bats in the spring with seven hits, uh, giving him a solid 189 average, but he still did get hits. He, should, he got his reps in spring training. He got about as many as a lot of the Jays players did, 37 at-bats. Uh, so you know what? Both streaks count. Both streaks are valid, even if they carryover from last year. So let us move on to Charlie Montoyo's managing style with the blue Jays' early struggles. Many people have criticized and blamed most of the struggles on Charlie Montoya because he's the manager. He's an easy, easy person to blame, but I think that's wrong. It's not Charlie's fault that the offense has been the worst in the world this season. He's frustrated (laughs) as are all of the fans, but Charlie has tried everything to spark this offense, or he's trying everything now to spark this offense. And it started to work on Tuesday, Making more bold moves and sacrifice bunting to move guys over. And he's done that all throughout the year. So Charlie Montoyo is trying to one spark the offense and two score some runs without focusing on the long ball, which the Jays have been about for years. Also helps tonight that Justin Smoke is in the lineup after he missed a couple of games with neck issues. Um you you agree with me, right? That Charlie Montoyo has made all the right moves or mostly the right moves so far?
1: Yeah, I think as a new manager and a first-time manager, he's going to make a few mistakes. But let's be honest, I mean, he's not really the first-time manager. He's managed in AAA for yeah. many, many years. And, you know, yeah, it's at the big league level he's new. but And there's a difference, but the, but it's not that big of a difference. And for fans to think that there is a huge difference at the big league level, there's not. And he's been a champion at AAA A uh, many many years in a row in fact and so he you know he's doing a good job he's doing the best that he can with what yeah. he has I mean trying to put Lourdes Guriel Jr. at first base just to spark an offense and have certain people in the lineup when he can is, is, a, is a sign of that it's it's do I agree with with Hanson being in there and Socrates Brito being in there as much as Charlie has put them in the lineup. No, not at all. I think those kids need to get out yeah. and, um, and probably be released at some point, but, um, and I'm not, and, and I don't mean to be that way, but they're just not yeah. good players. I don't know who thought they were. I know one of the coaches did, um I forget his Shelly name. Duncan, now. The, uh, uh, Shelly, Shelly Duncan thought about Shelly Duncan really had Rito. the possibility
0: to be a five-two player. And Scott MacArthur mentioned <laughs> yeah, that like, uh, he's supposedly the Usain Bolt of baseball.
1: Well, I, I'm not seeing any of it. And and you know, it's it's enough. It's enough. I mean, this team has prospects ready to move into these roles. And it's funny, you know, it almost looks like a panic move on an Atkins part, just because, you know, all of a sudden you get rid of these players like Polar to make room for the kids to come up then you don't bring the kids up you put a burrito in there and you put a hansen in there and it's almost like no no no, I, i'm just not ready to do that it will come on it's time the kids have got to get in there the kids have to play get these other guys out put one of them on the bench that's fine keep them hanging around we need somebody there for depth but they should not be starting as often as they're yeah. starting and they're atrocious <laughs> i mean atrocious players and so far anyway and you know, I mean, I know and understand that Drury has probably been the most atrocious hitter on the ground. Yeah, lineup. sorry to, sorry to uh, interrupt.
0: Um, I believe this is still the case, and I will confirm this as we continue talking. Brandon Drury leads the, the leads the league in strikeouts this year.
1: And I bet he leads the league in strikeouts looking because he's one of the most frustrating players to watch. You know, he'll swing at pitches that are out of the zone, and then he'll take third strikes. I've seen him maybe take... Five or six third strikes right down the mm. middle, and that is just awful. <laughs> I mean, that is that is yeah. awful, awful hitting, and and you know, that's just not acceptable. I get it, people are streaky, and people you know are going to go. Oh. I mean, look at Chris Davis, <laughs> but but you know, I mean, to to look at how many third strikes or even just strikes looking in general he's had, that is just oof, it is bad. I mean, he is not seeing it, and um, you know, I hope he gets out of it because he had a great spring, um, but not looking good so far for Drury and and Vladdy's back in triple A. He'll be knocking on that door pretty soon. Drury's got to turn this thing. Yeah. Around and Charlie quick.
0: Montez is making the right moves. Like you said, he doesn't have the most talented team in the world. So he's making the best or trying to make the best out of what he's got. Uh Confirming on the numbers, Brandon Drury has 19 strikeouts this year. Does not specify how many have been looking, which I will also check as we speak, but him and Aaron judge, Lead the American League in strikeouts with 19. Brandon Nimmo uh, captains the
1: National League strikeout team. However, did they find him yet? Sorry, <laughs> I said, did they find him yet? Not,
0: not picking up what you're putting down here.
1: Brandon Nimmo.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: that was so unfunny. Totally wasted. Wasted. Excellent dad joke. Uh, Anyways, excellent continue. is a
0: strong, strong, right. strong word. Um, yeah, <laughs> for that especially, it wasn't bad. I just didn't. I just didn't pick up on it. That was
1: you could have could have been clearer on that, or if I had made a mistake in pronouncing well, it. Well, in right. fairness, you've been out of Disney movies for many years now. You are. I 14, am thirteen, so.
0: but you know who's seven? Aaron is, and he will. He'll be in Disney right. movies for a little while longer. He'd he get that get joke. He would get that joke, but, you know, I wouldn't, and sometimes you got to remember my age. Anyway, uh, yeah, Charlie Montoyo has made the right moves. He has impressed me so far. He's tried to be aggressive. Just the offense has been awful, and there's nothing else to say about it, and I don't like calling offenses and teams awful, but that's what the offense has been. No one yep. has been has been not, as bad as the Jays have been to start a year. I don't think ever.
1: And it's still not time to hit no. the panic button, though. And, and that's, you know, I think he's done a good job. Uh, he's managed the bullpen as best he can because they haven't been great and just trying to get people in and out of there. And, and, you know, I mean, it's tough to manage a bullpen that's only got two pitchers that can actually pitch. So, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and I know that's being facetious, but at the same time, you know, that's how it feels. I mean, you don't know, other than Giles and Biagini coming in, you don't know what you're going to get from the rest of the staff. And, and but I mean, thank goodness for the starters. And I know that's a topic probably coming up, but thank goodness for them. And, and uh, Montoya has done a great job with them. So I think, you know, the hitting will turn itself around. Is it time to raise an eyebrow at Guillermo Martinez? Potentially, but I doubt it yet. I, again, still think it's too early, uh, and uh, but it's definitely something well, to watch.
0: To, Guillermo Marti- to the point about Guillermo Martinez, he's in his first year with a lot of these guys. A lot of these guys don't know him. I mean, Randall Gritsch is the only guy that's really talked about working with Guillermo Martinez. So, there's going to be a feeling out period. They're going to have to learn Guillermo Martinez, and Guillermo Martinez is going to is gonna have to learn them. It's going to happen. Now, I don't know fully blame the no-hitters or the, the no-hit innings on Guillermo Martinez. I think he's certainly got a big part. He's, he's certainly got a, something to do with it, because he is the hitting coach, but you know what? He's going to have to learn his hitters, and they're going to have to learn how he works.
1: So, Well, Mike Wilder used to say, the players are the ones that play. And and so, you know, it's, it's, it's not Guillermo Martinez's fault, but there's always going to be the fall guy. There's always going to be that person that has to take the hit if this continues and it's not going to be the player because the player is under contract you've got Grichik, for example for the next five years but you could easily displace guillermo martinez put the blame on him and move on from him without really doing too much and so uh you know i don't yes he can give them tips and, and tricks and things and see what he's seeing on video but the reality is he can't make them hit. And these professional hitters have been hitting for many, many, many years themselves. Guillermo can only do what he can do. But at the same time, back to the fall guy point, that's the potential there uh, for him. He may take the fall on this one if it doesn't.
0: Yes, he might, and that would be unfortunate. Now you said that we would probably move on to the starters, and we'll move on to one of those starters right now, and eventually we'll transition into the rest of the rotation. But Trent Thornton has been one of the biggest surprises of the season, for me at least. Thornton in two starts has punched out 15. Those two starts, he's got a combined 10 and two-thirds innings. Thornton has been really good. Um, but with Clay Buckles and Ryan Baraki both nearing returns, Buckles actually starts this Saturday against Tampa Bay. What do you do with the low ERA throwing, high leg kicking hurler?
1: Well... I mean, there's an argument to be made to ride the hot hand. But uh, the other thing is, why not let him go back to AAA on a high and let him keep working down there, keep getting his innings in? And, you know, he's, he's had a great start, and that's fantastic. So, you know, he'll come back with confidence mm-hmm. when they need him again. Um you know, I still think he'll get that other start. I don't think Panone will get the next start. Well, no, he's um, gonna get
0: he's gonna make his next start, which is scheduled to be uh tomorrow on Friday being April twelfth at home against Tampa. I just uh, it'd be ridiculous to think that anyone else would and then Clay Buckles takes up that other empty spot uh on Saturday,
1: yep. Yeah. And then Brockie will be back. And, and, you know, I, I, I don't know when Brockie's going to be back. I haven't seen any of his rehab or, or anything, any news no. on it, but and maybe you have news to report, I but um, second, yeah, but I, but I just think, you know, I don't think Trent, despite his results is going to stay in the rotation once Brockie's back. Um, and, uh, and But I think that could be a good thing. I think going back to AAA and having that, that confidence will be allow him to do really well in AAA and come back when he's needed and still dominate. So, um, you know, great job by him. He's been part of this amazing rotation so far. And let's hope Clay Buckholtz can uh, come in and actually pitch well as well. Yes. Uh,
0: you know what? The one thing I'm going to say uh, is that you have to resist making him a reliever. He is going to be a starter, in my mind. I don't think he's going to be a reliever. And he's pitched well as a starter. So you don't put him in the bullpen. You don't keep him in the major leagues. I don't care what his results are. When Baraki and Buckles come back, you send him back down to AAA, like you said, riding a high. And hopefully he will build on what he did in the big leagues to come back or, uh, to come back next year, maybe, or whenever they trade a guy to open up a spot for him and continue his big league dominance. Uh, quickly, an update on Ryan Baraki. He threw a bullpen session April 3rd. That is the last news on him. He, is, he could possibly be back near the end of April, however. Uh, Buckles will be back on Saturday. Um, quickly, an injury report for the Blue Jays. David Phelps uh, resumed throwing the week of April 1st. He's going to be back at some point this year. Dalton Pompey, he's, he was still, he's still dealing with concussion like symptoms. Clayton Richard will be back possibly in April. He's been shut down for two weeks. Uh, retroactive to March 29th, that is. Justin Smoke is back in the lineup today. Ryan Tapera will be back in late April, supposedly. Uh, he threw a bullpen session April 3rd, I'm sh- and I'm th- sure that he's thrown one since. And Devin Travis will be back in June with his, after his surgery. Uh, interesting to see what the blue will do with Clayton Ranchard when he gets back would you like to share your thoughts on what they will do
1: I don't think anything uh, I think maybe bullpen um, and I don't know that that's what he wants uh, but I, I cannot see him going into the rotation that's for sure and uh, not not with the way the rotation's performing now you're not gonna you're not gonna disrupt that and um bullpen we need people the jays need people and and you know hopefully he steps up and wants to do that but i uh i don't know know exactly
0: typical bullpen arm in 2019 he's not
1: well he no he's not but i mean if you want him on the team that's where he's got to go i mean you're not putting him in the rotation
0: that's a that's a tough that's a tough topic and luckily it's not our job to make that decision (laughs) um so that was your Blue Jays injury update and we discussed Trent Thornton. We discussed Clayton Richard. Now let's talk the last week in Blue Jays baseball before we wrap things up. The Blue Jays offense continued to suck. Um, except for...
1: <laughs> that's a pretty good summary.
0: Yeah, that's, that's, that's it. We're done. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Clay Buckles makes his Jays debut on Saturday versus Tampa. They need him in that five spot because that five spot has done nothing but disappointment with Sean Reed Foley and Thomas Pannon so far. Ryan Baraki could also be nearing a return. The Jays, as we look ahead, wrap up in Boston tonight, host Tampa for three, and then head out to Minnesota for four.
1: Uh, Fun fun fact, fact, Tampa Bay is the only team in the American League East that is above 500. How about that? The toughest division in baseball is not looking
0: so tough right now.
1: No, so it is not. Um, uh, unless you're Tampa yeah, Bay. Yeah,
0: they've been really good. I mean, the offense hasn't even fully come around yet. It's been the pitching that's carried them, and the offense had some great showings too, though. So Tampa Bay's got it all working for them now. It'll be interesting to see if Tampa can make a run in that division, the division crown. Uh, I don't know if they'll be able to hold on all year, but we'll come back in July with an update. Uh, this has been <laughs> episode 24 of 211's Baseball Talk. It was a pleasure to have you along for the ride. For Chris Baker, I am Dylan Baker. We'll see you all next week.